From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. All right, so why don't you grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 26. That's where we're going to be hanging out today. And listen, I want to encourage you to take notes. Once in a while I say this, um, you are going to forget at some point this message, but notes don't forget. And I believe that God is going to speak to you and he's going to lay something on your heart. And those are the things you want to write down. Those are the things you, you, want, to, you want to put pen to paper or you know, type it in your device. Um, if you do, if you've already taken notes, I want you to write this down. It's an inside job. That's the title of the message today. It's an inside job. Let's just pray and then let's get right into it. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you that we can come, we can be together, we can worship. Lord, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're here in, in this place. I thank you that you're in every home, God, at wherever anyone's tuning in. Lord, your presence is there. And Lord, I just ask, God, that as we're meeting, as we're worshiping, as we're looking at your word, would you do a work in us? Would you do a work in us, Lord, for your glory, for your namesake? Lord, the seeds of truth, God, that are planted, Lord, the, the word that is spoken, Father, your spirit that is moving, would you just cause, Lord, life to grow inside of us, Lord? You know every situation, you know every circumstance, you know every person, God, you know what's going on. Uh, would you just work as only you can work? Bless today, Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd be honored and glorified by how we're working worshiping, how we're tuning in. Lord, you'd be glorified by the word this morning, God. We love you, and this is for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we are continuing through the book of Mark, and uh, probably in the month of August, we're going to take a little bit of a detour and go into a different series just for for a few weeks, and then back in September, we're going to jump back in. Uh, What we're looking at today, though, really piggybacks on what we looked at last week regarding the farmer, you know, the the sower, the the seed, and the soil. So if you missed that, go back and listen to it, because this is really kind of like a continuation of that that talk. There is a, there's a universal law. There is a law of nature that exists all around us um, that's a part of life that we believe as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, was designed and established by God. But depending on who you talk to, uh, has many different names, right? It's cause and effect. It's action and reaction. It's what goes around, goes around, goes around, comes all the way back around. It's for all you Justin Timberlake fans. It's, it's getting what you deserve. Some in our culture call it karma, which is really just hijacked from Hinduism. But the Bible's term for this and the Bible's phrase and word for this is reaping what you sow. You reap what you sow. So it's really not wrong when others um, use a different term to describe it. We know what the Bible calls it and we know that it's established and designed by God. But whatever you sow into, you reap. Whatever you sow, you reap. Everyone's heard the phrase, you are what you eat. What I consume will become what I am. And obviously that's not in a literal sense. I'm not going to eat so many bananas that, that I become a banana. Although we eat a lot of bananas in our house and sometimes when we're at the grocery store, people will be like, are you feeding monkeys? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am feeding monkeys. <laughs> but, it, but science and studies have shown that, that maybe not in a literal sense, but to, to some degree that's true. That the things that I, that I consume, that I eat, um, will, will impact my body based on what it is. If I eat a lot of sugar, I'm not going to be a star athlete. Right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's because sugar isn't beneficial for my body. It's going to slow my body down. But whatever I sow into, I reap. And let me just give you some scriptures straight off the bat. 
Bible verses that talk about this. Paul said to the church in Galatia, Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, he said, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul also said to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians, he said, he said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Proverbs chapter 22 tells us, whoever sows injustice will reap destruction. Job said, he said, as I've seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. And one of my favorites, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put onto your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. There is a fundamental law written in the fabric of human life that what I sow into, I reap from. What I sow, I reap from. In my garden, if I sow cucumber seeds, I'm going to get cucumbers. I'm not going to get tomatoes. And in the same way, in life, if I sow into bad habits, I'm going to reap from those bad habits. If I sow into bad attitudes, I'm going to reap from those attitudes. If I sow into bad behavior, I'm going to reap from that behavior. If I sow into the sinful nature, what the Bible calls the flesh, right? If I, if I give in to the temptations that are within me, I reap from that. Alternatively, if I sow into the Spirit, if I sow into the Word of God, if I sow into the kingdom, I reap from that. One of the areas we as a church, we sow into is missions. 10%, like I said, of everything that comes in goes back out towards missions work. And I just want to, I want to meander for a moment and I want to highlight as part of Mission Sunday, our missions partners. We have four missionaries that we support monthly and we have two organizations that we give towards along with our POC district office. Uh, our first missionaries, and you're going to see a picture in a moment, is Bill and Shirley Pipke. Our second missionaries are Adrian and Sharon Thomas. They are leaders of Everyday Ministries in the Dominican Republic. Some of you, I believe, have been down there on a missions trip. They're doing a great work in ministry. They're doing lots of things that you can actually look on Facebook. And if you just look up Everyday Ministries, you can see all the work that they're doing. They're working with pastors and churches and leaders to spread the gospel across the Dominican Republic. Our third is Raz and Jennifer Jacob. Um, they are missionaries in Romania. And they're working primarily with families and children. And they're doing a lot of work loving and caring for those uh, children that are, are, are often neglected and in need. And they're doing a fantastic work there. It's so good to see. And then, of course, you know Pastor Terry and Melissa Bowen. Pastor uh, Terry works with leaders and pastors, it seems like, across the globe. And you would have seen his update on the missions work that they're doing um, last month. We shared an update video uh, from them. Our local missions partner organization that we're partnered with is NeighborLink. They're based out of Sarnia. Uh, it's a social services organization, and they've really served as, as kind of like one of Parkway's arms to, to reaching the, 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 the felt needs within the community and area, whether that's financial, uh, food-related, clothing, or even beds. Uh, and then finally, we have um, ARC. ARC is kind of like our national missions partner. Um, across Canada, it's Association of Related Churches, 
and they serve by supporting church planters and planting churches. So when we give towards ARC, we're actually giving towards new churches, and we're giving towards um, um, churches that are about to start. Um, and they also support and resource existing churches like ourselves, and we've really benefited from that. And what's really interesting and cool to see is there, I'm, I'm tracking with one at least in Winnipeg, there's a church that's starting, there's probably a few more, um, during COVID, they're, they're seeking to launch in September, um, which is awesome to see that God's still at work. And then uh, also uh, we give towards our POC district office. This is our church storehouse. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament giving your tithe towards the storehouse, the place that pours and invests into you. And so the POC kind of is that for, for us as a, as a corporate church. Um, they, they support us, they aid, they provide, they watch over us as, as a church. Um, when we give towards the POC, we're also supporting more missionaries and we're supporting more organizations and more church plants. So when, when you sow into Parkway with tithes and offerings on a regular basis, not only are you supporting um, the local church, not only are you acting in obedience to the scriptures, but you're supporting the, the local church and you're also supporting kingdom growth across the community, the nation, and the globe. And that's why I challenged you earlier, for those of you who haven't, to start tithing. Because where you sow into the kingdom, you will reap. Whatever I sow into, I reap from. If I sow into the spirit, if I sow into the word of God, if I sow into the kingdom, I reap from that. So Mark chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such great big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. Our veggie garden at home has kind of become like a family project. Uh, everybody in my family is participating, and it's really cool um, to see as a family um, watching the garden grow. We get excited, the kids get excited, and it's really cool. Um, often our boys who are six and four, they'll, they'll watch the, 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 the plants grow and grow and grow and produce um, fruit and vegetables, and they'll be like, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, look at the size of this cucumber. It's huge. And then our little baby Emmy, she's 21 months. I guess she's a toddler now. She'll come, start, start screaming and yelling, and she doesn't know what she's screaming and yelling about what everyone else is excited so she's excited but one of the questions my, my boys asked me was how how does it grow like that how do the how does the seeds and the plants they grow like that and the simple answer they usually think of them and I said was what well, well it gets sun it needs sun to cause it to grow and water now my one son who's six he's the most inquisitive kid I've ever met he's curious like crazy and he says yeah but but how does it grow so I'm starting to try to think back to science class, you know, in photosynthesis, which is a really hard word to say. And I'm like, well, buddy, I, I don't totally know. There's a mystery to it. 
And what Jesus is trying to tell us in this parable is there is a mystery about the growth of the kingdom of God. That after the seed of the truth is grown, after the seed of truth is sown, the growth is a mystery. We know that from, from the, the text last week that we looked at, that the seed is the word of God. So the sower sows the word of God, and when that's planted in good soil, there's a work to its growth that is unbeknown to us. There's a work to its growth, growth that we have nothing to do about. There's something about the, the word of God and how the word of God produces and grows in our hearts and inside that happens and occurs in us that we have nothing to do about that we aren't even aware of it. It's something that gets in you and it, and it grows. It's something that makes, uh, takes root in you and when it does, it brings life and it brings wholeness and it brings joy and it brings peace um, and it brings value, but it's a mystery. God is at work in you if seeds of truth, if the word of God has been spoken to you, if you're reading the word of God, God is at work in you causing that to grow inside of you though you're not even aware of the growth. You don't even understand how it's happening, though you can't even see it. All the farmer can do is plant the seed in suitable soil. He cannot, he cannot make the seed itself grow. He doesn't, he doesn't even understand how it grows, but it grows. It's an inside job. If you're with somebody right now watching this, look at them and say, it's an inside job. Maybe text somebody, you know, you know, you know someone else is watching. It's an inside job. Write it down in the chats. It's an inside job. I remember watching this movie years ago called, I think it's called An Inside Job, and it was about these, uh, these guys that were going to rob a bank. And so they pull off this elaborate heist, they go into a bank, they lock it down, they take hostages, you know, and they start to go to work. And you see throughout the different scenes that they're tearing down walls and they're building stuff while negotiating with the, with the police and, and, uh, and, you know, threatening hostages and whatnot. And eventually near the end of the movie, um, they all come out the front door and they're arrested. Every single one of them is arrested. No one escapes, but the money's missing. The police and everyone can't figure out what happened to the money. Where did the money go? Everyone's been arrested. So they start interrogating them, but for the life of them, they can't figure out what happened. Now, it cuts to another scene um, that goes back to the bank when they're interrogating these guys, and what they had done is they had built a room, a, a little closet within a closet, so it looked like it wasn't there, and there was still a guy on the inside there was still someone on the inside and he was kind of hanging out in there for a few days with bags of money. And after a few days, when kind of everything settled, he walks out the front door with the money, unbeknown to everyone around him. And that's a really weird way for me to describe to you that the kingdom of God, the, the growth that happens, the, the faith-filled life, gospel change, it occurs on the inside, unbeknown to you. It's an, it's an inside job when the word of God is sown. Once the word gets in there, once the word of God gets in your heart, the germination process begins. And all the growth that Jesus shared in this parable, all the growth happened without the man's help. All by itself, the soil produced. The farmer's role, the man's role was to sow the seed, to manage the soil. We talked about that last week. And then, then, then let the seed do its thing. I like how Paul put it. Paul, to the church in Corinth, um, they were arguing over which man of God they were following. Some were saying, well, I follow Paul. And others were saying, well, I follow Apollos. And Paul's like, you guys got it all wrong. We're working together. We're on the same team. And it's not about either of us. And he says this. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he says, I planted the seed, the word of God. 
Apollos watered the seed, right? He tended to the seed. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. When the word of God gets in you, there is an inevitable and independent work done by God inside of you that that growth will come out of you. It's not a man thing. It's not a you thing. It's a God thing. You know, what we, what we try to do is we try to change the outside. We try to change the outside and hope that that changes the inside. We, we try to do things that will make us seem and, and feel like we're walking towards uh, being more like Jesus, right? But I can't do nicer things and I can't do godly things and just become a nicer person and become godly. It doesn't work like that. That's religion. That's, what, that's what, re, re, what religious change is all about. Tweak this and change that and don't say that and don't go there and don't do that, but do this and do that. A lot of do's and don'ts. And those things are not necessarily wrong in and of themselves, but those things don't make the change. And religion will say, change all these things and that's what it's all about. And that's what the Pharisees did in Jesus' day. They modified their behavior, but modifying your behavior doesn't create change. Doesn't create change. Doesn't create change. What you do is you plant the seed of the Word of God. You, you tend to the soil, prayer and, and, and reading the Word and getting together in communion, discussing the things of God. You monitor the weeds. You're careful that other seeds aren't sown, right? And then God causes His Word to grow. I love how Philippians chapter 2 puts it. It says, continue to, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Sow the seeds. You know, you know, when you go to the gym, you, 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 you work out. You, know, you push weight. You run on the treadmill. Some of you have been hating right now because the gyms have been closed, but I hear they might be opening up soon. But, but you work out and you, and you do all these things. You're working out your salvation. You're working out your body. But, but you working out your body doesn't actually cause it to grow. You're, 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 putting, you're putting the work and the effort there, but what actually causes your body to grow is when you eat, eat the proper foods later and you get the proper rest. The, the growth happens afterwards. And same when you sow the seed. You sow the word of God into your life. You work out your salvation. Right? You, you pray and you spend time in the presence of God and you read the word and you get in communion and talk about the things of God and you make sure that, that you're not sowing any other kind of seeds of negativity in and around your life. You do those things, but then when you're done, the, the spirit of God continues to work. That's what I love about the gathering of the body of believers. When we come and we gather on a Sunday or we gather on a Wednesday or we have a small group meeting, we have a prayer meeting, or we get into the word of God and we do those things, the spirit of God continues to work after. The Spirit of God continues to work after. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And the interesting thing is when I'm working out physically, I'm trying to train my body. I can't just do it once and expect the growth to continue. The growth, there will be a little bit of growth, but I need to have consistency. I need to continue to do it. I need to continue on a plan and, 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 and move forward with a, with a workout plan and a diet and, and make sure I get proper rest to see the growth happen in my life. And the same is with our salvation. The same is with our faith in, in Christ. The same is with our journey. Is I need to continue to work it out. I need to get into the word regularly. I need to sow the seeds regularly. I need to continually spend time in prayer. I need to set aside time and pause and be with Jesus. I need to do the things that are going to tend to the soil. Continue to work on my salvation. But here's what it says uh, beyond that. It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. If I can get the word of God in me, God is going to cause it to grow. If I can do the things that are going to help me work out my faith and grow deeper in my relationship with God, then God is going to cause it to grow. Jesus, Jesus compared it to a, a mustard seed. 
It's an incredibly small seed, which at the time would have been, would, would have been the largest seed. If I can do, if I can do the things that, if I can do the things that, that are going to work out my salvation, that are going to work out my faith, that are going to work out my relationship with God, then God is going to cause it to grow. So Jesus compared it to a mustard seed, an incredibly small seed, which would probably be the smallest seed that they were aware of at the time, but grows into a massive tree where birds even perch and hide in the shade. And when the word of God is sown like this, it's small. It's incredibly small. You know, at the, at the time, there was probably maybe hundreds of people listening into Jesus talking this, maybe even thousands. You know, Jesus drew lots of crowds, and at times there were thousands of people gathering. But by, by the time Jesus got to the cross, and he died on the cross, and he rose again, and he ascended to heaven, there was 120 followers of Jesus, 120 that were part of God's kingdom, followers of, of Christ. And, but, at, but as the early church began to spread the gospel, and they began to, to teach and sow the word of God, and, and read it, and, and share it, and, and through the apostles and evangelists, and people began to, to spread the good news of Jesus, the kingdom began to grow and grow and grow. And it says throughout the Acts that numbers were added to their number daily. The people were added to the kingdom daily. And today, there are over 2 billion people that are professing to be Christian, that are professing to be followers of Jesus Christ on this planet. The work of God starts incredibly small, but at harvest time, it's incredibly large. You may not think that the small things that you do have any value or worth anything. We may not think that spending five minutes or ten minutes or twenty minutes in the Word and and in prayer and in in, in time with God has any real um, incredible impact. But the small things that we do, once they're in there, will cause uh, uh, an incredibly big and large growth to occur. The incredibly great infinitely great is at work in the infinitely small. Growth takes time. Night and day, it says in the scripture, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, piece by piece, God, the word of God takes time to grow. And some of us can get really frustrated with that time, right? We're your byproducts of an instant society. We like things, we like things now. And it's hard to look ahead. And when we look ahead, we, we, we say things like, I just want it now. I just want, it. I want God to work in me. I want to be there. I want to be where I was. I want to be at the place where he's accomplishing much in my life. I want to be at the place where his purposes are being fulfilled in my life. It's like my kids. My kids are wishing away their lives. Right? They just want to be older so they can do the things that they, they can't do now. But, but I, have the, I have the advantage of being able to look at their life and see the growth. I can look back over the six years and I can remember the day they were born. It feels like just yesterday. I'm like, man, you're already six. You're almost seven. You're almost five. Oh, you're almost two. It's crazy. I can look back and see the growth. And looking back is a clear indicator of the growth that has occurred, of present growth in my life. Can I look back over my life, look back at my heart, look out by my spirit and my mind and see where God has worked in me? Can I look back and see the growth in my faith. If I can't see much growth, and I've been working at this for a while, then maybe I haven't been sowing the right kind of seeds. Maybe I haven't been watering my seeds. That's what's the thing I loved about Paul and, and that conversation with the Corinthian church. He says, I planted the seed, Apollo's waters. There's, there's, a, there's a process there. Maybe I haven't been watering the seeds because I reap what I sow. I reap what I sow. Maybe I haven't worked the soil. I haven't prepared my heart. The reality is, is that the things that come out of you have grown in you and been sown by you. 
The Bible talks that, that, that the mouth speaks from the heart, that evil intentions and evil thoughts come from the heart. The things that come out of you are growing in you because they've been sown in you. What are you sowing in your life? That's why it's imperative that we're mindful of what we're sowing because where we sow, we reap. If I sow into negativity, I'm going to reap negativity. If I sow into the word, if I sow into God, if I sow into his presence, the spirit is going to cause that to grow. I'm going to reap from that. Now, please don't mistake sowing into the kingdom as meaning that you're not going to have trouble in, in life. You're not going to have hard times. It's not going to be difficult because Jesus promised that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's, it's guaranteed that you're going to have trouble. But, but in my heart and in my spirit and in my faith is their growth. Circumstance may look really bad. But in my mind and in my heart and my faith is their growth. Better question might be to ask is what did grow? What has been growing in me? The kind of harvest I have is a result of the kind of seed I've sown. The end is implicit on the beginning. One year, two years, three years, five years, ten years from now is a result of what I've sown into my life today. I am, the, I am the product of a thousand choices made before me. Am I sowing into the kingdom of God? Am I sowing into godliness? Am I sowing into the spirit? Am I obedient to what the scriptures say? Or am I sowing into myself? Or am I sowing into my flesh? And it's not wrong to enjoy things in life. But where am I sowing? A major part of my life is a result of what I've sown. So I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, right? He said this, I read it earlier. Whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction, but whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then he says, do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't grow weary, because at the proper time, if you've been sowing seeds of godliness in your life, you will reap from that godliness. If you've been sowing the word of God into your life, you're going to reap from that. It may not be harvest time for you yet. You may not be seeing the fruit. But God is at work. If we're playing our part, we're working out our salvation, we're reading the word, we're pressing into God, the harvest will come. The last verse of the first parable that Jesus shared talks about that. that. He says, as, a soon, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. At the proper time, at the right time, at God's time, when he causes it to grow, the word will bring forth its fruit and the Lord will be glorified in and through your life. The purpose of your life will unfold. God will be, God will be, God will, the things that God has been working in you will come out. It's an inside job. It's a mystery. God working in you. It's a two-part thing. You doing your part, he's going to do his part. Are you doing your part? You reap where you sow. It's time that we start sowing the word into our hearts. It's time you dust off your Bible. You open it up. You start reading it. Or you open up the audio Bible. Thank goodness for technology these days. For some of us who aren't readers, you can listen to the Bible now. Start sowing the word into your heart. It's time we start engaging in the Holy Spirit in prayer regularly. It's time that we, we start pausing to pray with the Spirit of God. Turn off the radio on your drive. Get up a little bit earlier. 
Turn off the television for a moment. Pray over your meal. And don't just say the quick little grace thing that you learned when you were a kid. Pause a little bit extra. So into his presence. Come to prayer. It's time you took the sickle to the weeds and the thorns and the things you've allowed to grow for too long. We've sown wrong kinds of seeds. We've sown into bad habits and bad attitudes and, and bad behavior and, and, and sinful ways. And, and things are growing because that's time we take a sickle to that. We cut it down. We get rid of it. We pull it out by the root. It's time that we start sowing to the kingdom with our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's time we start putting our treasure where we want our heart to be. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. It's time we start sowing and investing into the local church, our church, Parkway. It's time we start investing in our heart, our mind, our soul, and strength in the things of God. It's time we start sowing the word because when you sow the word, God is going to cause it to grow. God is going to cause it to grow. It's small, but it's huge when it's fully grown. I love that imagery of a small uh, mustard seed. I love the idea that it appears insignificant and weak and pointless. Me spending five minutes in the Word can seem pointless, but a day will come when it, when it will turn into something great and powerful. You know, when we first moved here last year, we bought a home and we had no grass and there were just weeds everywhere. And so me and my son, we were picking out weeds and getting rid of stuff. So when the grass came, the weeds didn't grow up through the grass. And, and there was one little weed that when we got closer to, it was probably like an, maybe an inch or two, two inches, that looked a little different. I said to, I said to my son, I said, I think, I think that might be a tree, buddy. And so we scooped it out, we cut it out, and we put in some good soil, and we just, we just left it, and we watered it, and we've been watching it grow. This is a picture of it right here. One year later, a little over one year later, it's about two feet tall, and it's flourishing. <laughs> of all the things that we planted, I feel like this is flourishing the most. Start sowing where it matters, and the Lord will cause it to grow. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would begin to trust the seeds that you've sown into your life. I want to pray that you begin to water the seeds that have been sown into your life. And I want to pray we begin sowing where it matters. So let's pray. God, I believe that you are real. I believe that you're alive. I believe that you're moving. God, I believe you're moving in Parkway Church. I know you're moving in my life, my family's life. God, I see it around me in people's lives. God, even when we're not aware of it, you're working. Even though we don't see it, you're working. Even though, though we don't see the growth happening, you're doing a work inside of us. It's an inside job. And just like this story, God, the kingdom growth, the seed is scattered, and you cause it to grow. And so, Lord, would we begin to sow the right kind of seeds into our life? Would we begin to sow into the kingdom? Would we begin to invest in the word? Would we begin to, to sow in things, God, that are going to cause us and help us to grow in our faith? Lord, would we begin to trust that you are working behind the scenes when we can't see? Lord, I know there's people that are having a hard time seeing, Lord, and trusting right now. But I pray that would you speak to their hearts and remind them that you are working beneath the soil. You are working inside of them to produce the things that, that you intend to produce in their lives. Help us to be mindful of all the kinds of things we put into our life. Help us to be mindful that other things can grow if we invest in there because where we reap, we will sow. 
But I'm just believing, God, that there's going to come a harvest because we are sowing right now, Lord, seeds of truth, seeds of prayer, seeds of, 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 of your presence, Lord. And, and, and even in this, in this time, in this weird season of, of being online and, and being in COVID, Lord, that, that is going to produce a harvest for this church in the time to come. So would you bless every listener, God? Would you bless those, God, who are, are tuning in today? Lord, would you bless the seeds that you've planted today? Lord, you've spoken to hearts. I pray you bless them and cause them to grow. In the name of Jesus, we pray above all, you be glorified. We love you, Jesus. We thank you in your name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next week. Remember, next week is your last opportunity to um, tune into the service uh, on Facebook at 10 a.m., and then we're going to be moving over the church online platform. And next week is the first time that we're going to be moving towards that live stream look um, happening right here in the building. Um, I'm excited about it. Love you guys. Miss you. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.